Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Funky Baz and Face. In tonight's podcast from Baz's Palace, we intro this week's special co-host that has joined Baz and I this week. We'll give you an update on Funky's adventures overseas and all the fun he's having with his family. An update on our followers and some feedback from a very special Funky Baz Face sister that was discussed last week. We'll keep you tuned. We'll tell you how the people's dog, our very own hot Chevy, went in the Port Augusta Cup last week. A big game happening in the Barossa on the weekend that Baz and I might have something to do with. We have a, cra- a crack at uh, Funky's Would You Rather. We delve in an interview with our special guest. We'll introduce him shortly. Not just a guest, but a special co-host tonight, Baz. Yes. Baz gives his weekly bake. We discuss retirement from the SNFL in Faces Fresh Finds. The Bachelor might get a mention in Faces Fresh Finds this week. And we'll talk about the footy. Baz, a massive program tonight. Oh, it is jam-packed. It is jam-packed. How are we going to fit this and cram it into 30 minutes or, 30 or 40 minutes? I do not know. But I am pumped tonight <laughs> because Funky, he is gone. He's out. He's in London, mate. He's uh, having a cup of teas and bottled buns over there in London. <laughs> I think he's in Paris now. With it. Oh, Paris? What's he doing? Having a croissant? That's where, the off, that's where the off from tower he's is. He's gone, so. mate. We've got our new man in. Yeah. Welcome, Scotty Doreen. Thank you, Baz. Thank you, Face. Thanks for having me. Oh, Great to be here. Sensational. He started in well. Our lounge room, in our lounge room, we have the great man who has had a stellar career. We're going to delve into that later. I won't talk Goody Saints tonight because it's just great to have the man here, but uh, I am pumped and ready for action, Face. So, his nickname tonight? Uh, is Sponge. Is, so, is Sponge. So, we've got Baz, Face and Sponge. That's right. Oh, oh, I like that. the rig today. Oh, good, yeah. good, good crew. Yeah. Funky yeah. out, Sponge in. This yeah, is yeah. good. All yeah. right. Um, speaking of Funky... Mm. What's he been doing this week, Baz? How, how good has it been? We'll just touch him with the sponge before. He's been to the cricket. He's gone to the tennis. He's been to Wimbledon. Yep. Uh, he, and now he's going to the Tour de France. He is living the life. He's actually he? riding the leg, the the sort of uh, competitive leg mm. um, Tour de France with, with a couple of his mates over there. So right. he's having a good four weeks. And I thought it was supposed to be a family holiday for Funky. <laughs> so yeah. that doesn't sound too, like too much family it's time, man. <laughs> it's like all me, me, me. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, great call. Um, speaking of Wimbledon, Curios mm. versus Rafa, did you have a look at that the other night, boys? I did, mate. I did. I did see that. And you know what? I was just actually saying to Sponge before is that as much as everyone hates him, everyone talks about him, it actually could be good for the game of tennis. Any publicity is good publicity. What do you think, Sponge? Uh, I didn't see any of the game, but I did hear Nadal's post match, and I think it sums up Curios. Like, I, I think he's not respected by. Um, the people he plays against, but Nadal did say that the second and third sets, he said he's never played tougher tennis in a long, long time, and he just spoke that Kyrgios is such a talent, but it could be a waste of a talent. And I think that's why it's going. Yeah. Um, very interesting part from his first game with Jordan Thompson. Obviously, Kyrgios likes to involve the crowd and get that going. He's very relaxed. He does the underarm serves, everything like that. There was a great um, point where he just couldn't get a first serving. And uh, this is what happened on the uh, video. If it comes up, Baz. <laughs> oh, no. Technical difficulty there, face. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, we move on from that. So, <laughs> um, our, our girl, number one, Ash Barty, pushed through. Ash, Ash Barty, she did push through. She won it one easily. She did, she did win it one easily. She, and I've checked on Sportsbet, she's raging hot favourites. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, you know, last she week, was very, very good last night. I didn't yeah. watch, you know, maybe twenty minutes, but gee, she looked good. Yeah, no, it's incredible that her rise. Uh, 
what are your thoughts on that sponge? You watch much she, of women's tennis? Yeah, I do. And she's a great story, but she watching her play, she doesn't seem to like have a real gun sort of a weapon. powerful yeah. or anything like that, but she's just consistent in what she does. So yeah, yeah I, I suppose watching tennis until you watch it live of how hard she hits the ball and that sort of stuff, but but um, watching on TV, yeah, she just consistently getting the job done, which is a great yeah. story for Australian tennis. I think the, the ability with um, Leighton Hewitt was he was always able to get that last shot back over the net and force someone else into an error. She's not only that, but she's just very particular with her shot selection. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah just hit the right areas. Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and then our, you know, Bert Atomic, our other Australian, apparently, had all his prize money taken back from the tournament too. Well, boys, I'll give you this would you rather, right? We're not, we're not in would you rather yet, <laughs> no, but we're not. going rogue. Go okay, on. we've got the sponge here, I'm excited, right? This is what happens when Funky's not here. Would you rather be Kyrgios, or what's the other, Atomic, have his wealth, have his notoriety, but be thought of in a negative light, or would you rather be an average Joe and struggle to pay your bills? You know, you can't go on holidays, you can't live week to week. So would you rather just be an average Joe? Or because Curious can do what he was like. He can get holidays, travel, T- girls, Tommy. He, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, yeah. whatever he likes. Money is not an issue. Cars, whatever he wants, but people think of him as an absolute dickhead. Yeah. Or would you rather be just your average mate who lives from week to week? Sponge, what would you rather? <laughs> I'd go with average Joe. You go average Joe. Yeah, yeah. See that that Tip you're a heaps better bloke than me because, <laughs> I, <laughs> because I'd, I'd probably go your curious or your or your Tommy. Tommy, and then in a couple of years they forget about you. But you've still got heaps of money. Like, and I, 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 you want to be thought of as the better person, don't you? Yeah, I, but you don't want to be living from week to week playing no. tennis. To be fair, I know it, it's a lose. You know, there's it, probably no winner out of that one. Face, what, what would you choose? Uh, I, I'd probably go the average Joe because that's what how my tennis ability is anyway. So <laughs> to think that I could uh, play like Curious Atomic anyway. There's a great quote, uh, a report on Tomic's match. It said that he displayed all the grace and the movement of a geriatric sloth. Yeah. <laughs> that's just an indictment on how he approaches a Wimbledon round But, but why does the system allow him to keep playing? Well, then they haven't because they're taking all the money away. Yeah, but so, so what? That doesn't yeah. mean nothing to him. He's yeah. got millions. <laughs> taking 80 grand is nothing. It's like taking 10 bucks away from you and me. Like, he, really, like, the system allows him to play. Do they like the controversy? Like, well, I, I think it's the, the difference between team sports and individual sports is I, I don't think there's that peer pressure that you, you get mm. in a team environment. Mm. You know, like both, both, of them, both of them, I don't think, are going to coach. Um, yeah. I, I don't know their parents, so but I don't know what their upbringing is. But they, they come across as spoiled brats, yeah. and there's no one there to bring them back to level. That great call. So, but as in to team, team sports, on form early, Baz. Oh, you what, Funky's in trouble. Funky's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, I'm not going away anywhere. <laughs> but that is a great call, though, because in a team sport, if you do the wrong thing, you get put in front of the of the players' reps, and you know you put out yep. the front in these uh, leading teams. Leading teams. Imagine those blokes, and I actually brought this up about <laughs> last year's podcast. Actually, how would those guys go in a in a team sport in the Crows? Sort of, uh, you, you'd just get gone, wouldn't you? Yeah. you yeah. It wouldn't last. You'd get weeded out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Think, so. Let's go on to the followers, boys. Great intro, Sponge. Great debut um, start so far. A couple of new followers on our Twitter this week. We had Grumpy Dwarf. Uh, yes. David is his name. He's a one-eyed crow supporter. He loves a bet in the races, and he's a family man. I thought oh, like if it. ever there's a funky bass face, one, two, three, that's us. That's us, right there. Uh, funky, 
not keen on the betting, but no. the other two is really good. <laughs> yeah. um, the next one is called Bus Nut 8, the bus enthusiast. So Christ knows why he's following us, because he no. loves buses. Yeah. But um, uh, welcome anyway to the Bus Nut. Now, here's the one that was brought up last week. So like every podcast sponge, uh, Baz brings up a, a former flame, and a, a story about a former flame. Oh, no. Apparently there's been a few face on you. So luckily uh, uh, Jane's not here. Um, so Joey Zerk you brought up last mm. week you gave her a mention on the podcast which yeah. is great she actually replied how, about how much she'd loved listening to our podcast um, just for some background sponge because you don't often listen to us which we won't take um, to heart okay. um, there's an old flame of Baz he dumped her because she wasn't old enough to go clubbing it's just she was 14 at the time so yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's probably, a bit awkward probably a bit too young a bit too young but she's actually provided some feedback so oh, I, got, no. I got in touch oh, no. I got in touch with Joey Zerk and here's her feedback she said first of all she loves the podcast she can't stop laughing so in my mind clearly she stops listening when my segments come on <laughs> um, but back to your dating time she said it wasn't overly memorable <laughs> she was devastated at the time that you broke up with her yeah. and certainly remembers that part of the breakup that she couldn't get into the clubs yeah but being the quality individual that she is she said she had to set you free <laughs> <laughs> well done to her but um uh, a little bit more information so looking back wasn't matt or well, baz wasn't an overly fashionable person to date but a good looking 18 year old with a shit ton of after shows <laughs> <laughs> i overdid it and i'm not sure that Baz really needed a shave at that time of his life. Um, and the last comment was that she said it was short-lived. Now, I'm not sure if she was referring to the relationship or another aspect of the relationship. <laughs> so, Joey, thank you very, very oh, much yes, for that yeah. intel. I love having a chat today. I'll tell you what, there's a sub-story to that, boys. There's a little piece Ooh. to that. Oh, hello. Is that I actually, I saw Joey this week for the first time she did mention that. in uh, 25 years after our work show sponge. Yes. She was at the bath and we met up, and I hadn't seen her in 25 years, so it was brilliant to see her again. And she did actually mention to me, which I thought was kind of weird that I smelled the same. I thought, how the hell you remember that? So I must have been that (laughs) pungent pungent (laughs) back in the day. You still haven't washed it off, it's still still oozing out of you. (laughs) Jesus, you still smell like the planet from when you went out clubbing. Yeah, but uh, it was great to see her again, and yeah, she's doing very well. She's looking good, she's uh, good value. Uh, so yeah, it was great to see her again last week. Excellent. Well, yeah. what a great update. Um, yeah. In terms of continuing our followers, so Baz, the People's Dog. Mm. We've gone hard in Baz's bets. Yes. Um, for the People's Dog, hot Chevy raced at Port Augusta Cup on the weekend. Yes. One of the favourites, two dollars sixty for the win. So Baz and I put a combined fifty. Mm. Um, oh, I owe you twenty five. I think. <laughs> 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 so unfortunately, not a tab race, so we couldn't get vision of the race. However, we spoke to our Funky Bass Face brother and owner of the People's Dog, Jimmy Norris, who was giving us updates. Was it a wet or dry track? Did she sleep well the night before? Was she out in the piss? But no, hot Chevy, she got a great start. So this is the race. She got a great start, leading around the corners, perfect, still in the front. Coming to the home straight, she was in front. The People's Dog was leading the charge for the People's Bet. But she got caught and came second. Oh, yeah. So she's uh, unlucky because... Uh, I'll, I'll give you 25 bucks. Yeah, me. well, I'll see that soon. Um, she is running this Sunday at Gawler, race three, box five. 
Jimmy thinks she's an, uh, an each way bet. Oh, jeez, that's not confident. So maybe each way bet. Yeah. Um, very good. And then obviously the other Baz's bet we had was you forced me into a bet for the Crows last week versus Geelong. Half time, I thought, how good is this? You're in this, yeah. First quarter, I was thinking this is great because normally Crows slow starters. Um, but um, that didn't go well for the rest no. of the Friday night. Fell away a bit. No. Vintage Rules, three this Saturday, Baz, at Williamstown Oval. Well, before we get on this, mate, I'm going to go rogue again against you. Is that so, Something uh, big has happened during the week or at the last weekend is the grand final of the Barossa District uh, women's team won yes. the inaugural uh, premiership, which was a great win from the girls. Uh, they beat Williston, who were undefeated. Um, oh, nice. So they beat an undefeated team. Uh, so it was fantastic. They've, the girls had a great year. Uh, all different walks of life apparently uh, joined the team. Girls from Salisbury, some girls that haven't played at all, but they led the whole game. They won five three to one two, and uh, some girls that played netball who we know quite well played mm. in, the, in the team, which was great for them. Uh, best players was uh, Alana White, Piper Riggs, but Taryn Wills uh, third best. She's been playing at Centrals yep. this year, which is great. Yep. Uh, Georgia uh, Madgen number five, Naomi Pringle. Fifth best. Like, how good's that? She's played 300 netball games with Barossa, switches over to football, just wins a flag. Just, I hope they get a tattoo, these girls. <laughs> uh, Stacey Bratton, the captain, uh, yes. sixth best player. So it Great was fantastic for the girls. Football royalty, Stacey And Bratton. I just think for the club, for our little old Williamstown Barossa club to win all that we've done in the, in, with the men's team, and now for the girls to just go bang, bang. is yep. brilliant. So congratulations, girls. I think they had a mad Monday, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, well done to the girls, and it's just great that our club is continued to succeed against you know bigger opposition. I think a lot of the other teams didn't have anywhere near as number of girls that we had. Uh, so well done to those girls, a brilliant. Effort. Very happy for you to go rogue when you bring that sort of information to yeah. the table, Baz. Very good, and it just shows women's football is it's here to stay now. It's mm. um, you know I'm involved in footy club still now, and, and we've got women's footy at our footy club, and it's brought a, a breath of fresh air, mm. and uh, I think. So in the country environment, you know, they've always just played the netball, but uh, for them to be able to play football, um, I think it just brings yeah. uh, so that real community feel and 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 to a football club, yeah. it makes them feel part of it. So which is and you, which is you were saying, thing. obviously, we'll delve into it later, but with Payne and how it's brought a different element to the club, yeah, it a different has. Aspect. It has. It just brings different people in, brings their parents in, their kids in, yeah. um, and it actually makes the the guys around the football club. Um, not, not so much be respectful, but it sort of it just an brings awareness. it. Yeah, yeah, it just br- brings an awareness of there's there's women involved in our football club, which has normally been a male dominated thing at our footy club. Well, so. something that that it does help as well, which is just a byproduct of that, is that the renovations. Because I don't really know how the girls do the shower thing. Do, like, do the do the girls do they all shower together? But the renovations ensure there's cubicles in. In all the club rooms. <laughs> you're, you're fascinated about the showering, aren't you? The, sh- the showering, back in the day, the porky sort of movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the eye hole. Yeah. And... Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. we're, we've, we've gone off topic, Baz. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think football clubs are trying to get government grants to have yes, women's change rooms. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Sponge, for keeping us on track. Baz has dead set lost the plot. Maybe should I start while he's crying tears right now? We should go 
Vintage That's, Rules can 3. Can we just go back to Porky's? If you haven't seen Porky's, <laughs> get, get a copy because Porky's is one of the great He's movies a delight. ever. One, yeah. one, two or three. How many was there? Oh, one and two. You had meat, you had kiwi. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, sensational. Um, there's a big game this weekend. Yes. And I'm not talking about the kids or the women's game or no. uh, the B's or A grade. I'm talking about the over 35 yep. Vintage Rules 3 this Saturday at Winningstown Oval, yes. Brosser District versus Tanunda. Yes, so um, we've got actually, it's brilliant what Rick Lane has done. He's actually got 50 players, ex-players, coming back to the club, which is just amazing to have that many players. I think mm. Tanunda's got probably 20 or 22, which is, you know, we've got so many ex-players, which is brilliant. So if we can just try and keep some of them to help out around the club, because country clubs always need help, be fantastic but it should be a great day there's so many old blokes that I haven't seen in so long Scotty hasn't seen in so long so it's been great to get everyone back yeah. um, and so, we're also um, playing for a charity this year yep. probably should have uh, done a little bit more research before we <laughs> start to record um, but we'll, what we'll do is we'll post that out on our Twitter and Facebook yep. account and wherever you can there's a young fella that just really needs some help and yep. doesn't have the opportunity to go and do things like what we're going to do just have a kick in a catch yeah. with his mates so, so Funky Baz and Face will make a donation to that so absolutely um, yeah very good Face for that game can you actually take a photo I just want to see whether uh, Baz is the only player that's still got blonde tips from uh, <laughs> playing over 35s and uh, he's still sort of... Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that love the cameras there and Rick Lane, more than anyone, the organiser. The they're coming back. Uh, well, they're coming could, back, mate. Right, like, that Essendon guy, what's his name? Uh, uh, Guelph, uh, Guelphy. Guelphy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. blonde tips on it. Yeah, he's it's a good-looking rooster too, that, so yeah. that probably helps. Yeah. Uh, we actually have the Mayor of Barossa. Playing in our team tomorrow, Bim yeah. Langan. Yeah, he's about how old is eighty or something? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> he'd be sixties yeah. in his in his middle years, but um, all good. Well, mate, we're luck, so lucky to have Sponge here, and it's fantastic that he's over here at in, in, in our lounge. It's brilliant. So, um, Sponge, tell us a bit about yourself, mate, because you, you've had a fantastic. Do you want to actually say his name to start off with? I'm not oh, sure what oh, you said. Sorry, Scotty yeah, Doreen. Sorry, Scotty Doreen is, is <laughs> the man who we've got here. Um, so. Yeah, Sponge, tell us about your footy journey because you've had a fantastic journey. Uh, you started off at Tassie. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you worked your way from, from Tasmania when you worked into the AFL system. Yeah, well, well back in the, the 80s, it was sort of the normal process of, of what they go through now is um, schoolboys footy, um, chill cup footy, and then you start getting noticed from AFL clubs there. So, But I was playing senior footy as a 16-year-old. Uh, How was that, mate? Because Tasmania's got a reputation for being tough and hard and smashing blokes. Like I've always known Tasmanian footy have been real, the tough nut, and there's a lot of um, anarchy between the two major towns in there. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah, the north and the south. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was. It was a tough upbringing, but it probably held me in good stead to, to where I got to. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing as a 16-year-old kid against grown men and, wow. and, and you know, I've... You know, probably going back to the Tasmanian football there is that they probably missed the opportunity to get an AFL side or mm. back then of, of getting the, the grassroots what they Doc, needed. Doc Wilden, you know, was it those? Yeah, or Al- Alistair Lynch, you know, yeah, Paul yeah. Hudson, you know, Darren Pritchard, all mm. these players that I looked up to and that's where I wanted to get to of them going on to AFL footy. Mm. So, um, so yeah, Tasmania was a great, great starting point for me and then was fortunate enough to be... Uh, Collingwood were looking at me... Um, at one stage I was probably a bit young and sort of enjoyed, enjoyed a good time and sort of wasn't <laughs> probably committed enough to it so I missed out on being drafted there And So what year was that? That would have been 19... 
1990. So, okay. so the probably two best schoolboy footballers going around then was was Paul Williams, who went on to Collingwood okay. in Sydney, and, and myself, and, and yourself, Baz. And, <laughs> no, no, yourself. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, and, and myself. <laughs> um, Don't and, give Baz an opportunity to talk no, about no, sorry, on the podcast. straight in there. So, yeah, um, yeah and so we're probably two best schoolboy kids going around, and, right. and Collingwood went for Paul, so which was which was great for him and. I had to wait another two years until um, I got my chance and Sydney sort of um, contacted me and said that we we're looking to draft you and it wasn't like what it is these days, it was sort of no no coverage of it at all really, yeah. there was no radio coverage, <laughs> I got a phone call from, from a reporter saying that you've been drafted so were you I happy was at to, work. Like, were you happy as a young kid, 18 year old kid were you, 18 or 19? I was 19 at the time. Were you happy to go to Sydney, or did you have a... Who, who did you barrack for as a kid? I was, I was Hawthorne as a kid, you know, with yep. that Tassie, you know, connection of, of yep. H- Peter Hudson, Darren Pritchard and so on. Um, were you happy, though, when you got drafted? Or I, were you I was dirt? absolutely wrapped. I, I, wrapped, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't care where I, yeah. I could go, you know. I, I just wanted to have the chance to play AFL footy. And, yeah. Um, and Sydney were struggling. They were sort of... Um, and, and when I first got there, they were... I think the club that I was playing at in Tasmania New Norfolk were were a better not better run but sort of had better facilities for training um, gym and that sort of stuff of what Sydney had when, when I first arrived there so, so yeah and they were coming off two wooden spoons and mm. you know they'd gone through that era of in the late 80s under Edelston and that sort of stuff of you know the Greg Williams the Healy's and the Cappers and um, that all left and and uh, Sydney was sort of left sort of struggling a bit. So, so that brings into the professionalism of Sydney at the time. Obviously, a new club coming, you know, uh, South Melbourne, but struggling cellar dwellers. Yep. What was the difference that you saw between where you were in Tasmania as to then going to Sydney with with the um, the club rooms and the setup and the culture and stuff that you saw? Well, there? that's the thing. There was no no club rooms. You know, it was sort of. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean no club rooms? What, so, so, so we we actually had no club rooms. It was sort of we. We sort of, our um, offices for the club were inside the SCG sort of showgrounds area. Um, we had a, like a dingy little uh, weights room that was in the showroom. Uh, Sounds like Gold Coast Suns, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much the same, the way Gold Coast sort of starting out and now they're sort of starting to Get redevelop together. and whatever. Yeah. And Sydney did that sort of probably 1995 when they started to um, um, make some developments and, and got a... A club room's not far from the oval that we can go back to after the game. And it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so it's through, you know, you know, and that's the thing is that I think the uh, the AFL wanted Sydney to work, but they didn't really know how to sort of really set it up. Get they it sort of game. just want the team there, hope to get some supporters there to follow it. And, and so much more learning now about how yeah. to set up other clubs that come into the AFL. Yeah. The infrastructure is massive for what they do now. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, what, what about your coaches as you first went to Sydney? Did you have Bacanara or was yeah, Barras the first one that you No, had? no, Gary Bacanara was the first. I only had him for a few games before um, he was sacked. And then Brett Scott took over as interim coach okay. for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, and then sort of um, uh, Barras came in 1995. So. That, how was that, mate? Was that intimidating, having that man? Because he's got a fearsome reputation. Yeah, yeah, like ga- game day... You know, he'd probably been out of footy too long to of where footy had gone. Um, didn't really know much about uh, the training and that sort of stuff. But as in game day, his speech before the oh, game, it had your hairs on the back of your neck, sort of yeah, you know, bristling, and you know, so and also knew how to get still give you a spray, like sort of which 
I don't think too many coaches give these days, but yeah, um, yeah but, but he had some good people around him, you know, Damien Drum, who went on to coach, yeah. um, Dennis Carroll, Brett Scott was still around, so mm-hmm. yeah, good people, Rod Carter, so good the Sydney people were sort of around him. And, um, and then, yeah, and then Barassett have um, planted the seed of, of getting Sydney back on the right track of, of being noticed, and um, we've got some good people, you know, sort of Rusey Kane, uh, mm-hmm. Lockett, Stewie Maxfield, Kevin Dyson. So we started to get a bit of a nucleus of, of good players Great coming names, up. And, Fantastic names. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and who was your best mates in that? Did you have? Um, Stewie Maxfield was a really good mate. Um, yeah. Darren Creswell, who I sort of um, grew up with Tassie. Yeah. Yep. Simon Mitten Connell. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and one of my good mates, and, and who's here in Adelaide now with me, Dale Lewis, who I lived with for five yeah. years. Okay. And, yeah. and like he was like a real. You know, a, a brother figure to me sort of um, taught me the ropes and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. So excellent, so, um, fantastic so, experience for you. And, yeah. and we move on to sort of '96, which is a massive year for the club. Um, what what was your? Because you got badly injured in in '96. Yep, yep. So, Tell us about that. So round four, we're playing um, playing at Waverley, and um, and I remember Troy Gray kicked the ball to me. He just missed me, and I sort of turned around to get it and. Uh, Mark Miranda came the other way oh, and and, and cleaned yeah. me up and and um, so I was knocked out sort of thing and um, uh, they brought the the um, uh, sort of the, the uh, cart thing out to, for me put me on there they were really worried about my neck um, and end up being diagnosed with a thing called spinal cord concussion so which you sort of get in car accidents and that sort of stuff and. And I, I was out to it, and I remember waking up, uh, waking up in the change rooms, and I just felt this hand on my chest, and I sort of woke, and and it was um, big plugger standing over me, and, and just sort of is, it, is this Jesus? God. Right. <laughs> and um, he just stand over me, he goes, and he just said to me, "Go, you'll be right, boy," sort of thing, and then um, yeah, and then I was rushed to hospital, and um, yeah, woke back up there, and um, yeah, got diagnosed, and. So what, what was the recovery after spinal well, cord yeah, concussion? That, that, yeah. That's incredible. Injury. Yeah, I think I missed I missed um, eight or nine weeks in the end. So they were sort of pretty wow. sort of cautious with it, and um, you know I was sort of having um, not, not so much trouble sleeping, but sort of um, having a few tests of sort of trying to walk and with my eyes closed, and I was all over yeah. the shop sort of thing. So yeah. so there was. Um, yeah, that, that was affecting me, so they yeah, took the cautious route and yeah, so I missed um, eight weeks and and probably wasn't the player I was when I came back before I had the injury, so which was sort of disappointing. Do you, do you ever see vision of that hit from Miranda yeah. and, and then what type of contact it was with yeah, you? Yeah, but it, it doesn't look bad, you know, some of the clashes you see these days of, of people okay. being knocked out, so I think he just got me in the right spot and I think the way I landed and that sort of stuff okay. sort of um, helped the cause of it, but... And Waverley's a shithole, so that would be Yeah, it was, yeah, Arctic Park, they used to call it, so it wasn't <laughs> the greatest spot to, to um, get injured like that. But, yeah, um, yeah it's just one of those things, and, you know, like, I look at the concussions that are going on mm. now, and, mm. um, you know, like, my ears do prick up, because, you know, I probably, you know, I probably had eight to ten concussions during my playing yeah. days, and sort of, you know, you hear about what they're going through now with having these ETA tests and, and whatever, and I'm probably looking at doing that because that there is times where I do have short-term memory sort of okay. problems and that sort of stuff so 
Um, yeah, so it's something that I, that I'll look at, sort of, and and yeah, and the outfield play association are great. They sort of contact us on a regular basis That's to make great. sure That's that yeah. that these things can be looked at. So okay, so um, how, yeah. How about that the grand final? So you were there at the grand final, obviously. You would have been there when North beat Sydney. Yeah, so sort of, um, I was actually emergency for for the game. So so did all the training leading up to the game and. Um, who who were you? Who who was? I don't know the spot that you were after. Yeah, well, and, and we were actually really good mates. So it was probably Daniel McPherson. So okay. and yeah. um, and Macca and I were really good mates, and and pretty much playing for the same position. So, but yeah. you know, it wasn't. It didn't sort of affect our friendship and whatever. We knew mm-hmm. where we were at, sort of thing. And, yeah. and you know, and as I said before, I probably I got back into the team just before um, the last couple of rounds before the the final started. Okay. And I couldn't recapture that form that I'd, I'd had sort of early in the season. So, um, yeah, I, I held no grudges. I, I sort of worked into um, reasonable form to be emergency. And, and I was a little bit disappointed, as in because they, um, Anthony Rocco was emergency also. And they actually sort of, he was, was between me and him to actually be part of the squad. You run out on the ground, you yeah. know, just in case someone got injured and that sort of stuff. So, and... The club actually knew that um, Rock was going back to Collingwood. Yeah, Yeah, so I was a bit disappointed, a bit shitty with that, but um, that's the way it is. So, and and disappointing on the day of, of, um, I I thought the players were fantastic in the first, probably. Oh, that Kelly, they missed the. Yeah, yeah, the Kelly kick to Plugger, yeah. yeah. So they went. Shannon Grant played for Sydney then, too. Yeah, Shannon, yeah. yeah, You know, Squossy was playing for the Kangaroos and they they swapped the the year after, sort of thing, so. yeah, but just a, a great period to play, you know, like sort of, oh, you, you look, look at that grand final with Lockett, Ruse, yeah. Carey, all on the one, same yeah. ground mm. on one day. And then how did you arrive at Nord? What, what, what happened there? So, after 96, 97, I had a really good year, and then, you know, within um, AFL teams, that if you win a reserves, best and fairest, because we had AFL reserves back then, if you won the reserves, best and fairest, then you knew that you were probably going to be shaky to be delisted. So, so I won. <laughs> yeah, best and fairest. So I won the reserves, oh, best shit. and fairest, oh, as a as a twenty five year old, and I um come to the end of the season. I, I went into Rodney Eade and and Rodney Eade being from Tassie too, and and sort of we family friends, and I said, mate, upfront talkie. I said, am I in the picture for next year? And he goes, no. <laughs> and so that's all I wanted I just wanted honesty to yeah. know where, where I was going sort of thing and he goes he goes Scotty he said we'll help you try to get to another AFL club if you want to um, if that's the path you want to take or you know there's you know, SNFL Waffle whatever or go back to Tassie so they were my op- options um, Bomber Thompson who was coaching um, Essen Reserves at the time uh, rang me um, I'd had two pretty games games against them during the season and he said I've spoken to Sheeds and um, we we're actually looking um, to, to draft you. So if you look at that, so it ended up coming down to being like a rookie okay. um, and probably just wasn't going to be worth my while, you know, all the training. Yeah. Rookies would have got paid pretty bad back in those days. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and you, you still got time, f- um, you know, relocate, find um, full time work again. So, so um, yeah, so I met with Glenn Rosser from Nord. Um, I played against Peter Rode, who was coaching. Nor at the time when he was at Colton in Melbourne, and yeah, um, yeah so I had had a friendship with him, and um, yeah, met with Rody, uh, Rody, and came over, 
and fell in love with the place and been here since. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. And then your Nord career. So what what happened there? You, you had, I think, one of Best and Ferris there. Um, and made some great friends there and great memories there. Yeah, so so I arrived in 98, so Nord won the Premiership 97. Yeah. Um, and I was really looking forward. And, and actually... When, when I came over, there wasn't too many rumours of of players that were going to retire and and whatever. So then I got over here. Then Andrew Jarman retired, Stephen Rowe retired, <laughs> um, I think Jerry Dan Tocchi might have retired. Okay. Um, Stephen at uh, um, Eastall got drafted to Fremantle, so they lost their ruckman and probably yeah. three or four of their best On players within you know a sort of a four week period so yeah. it was sort of so I'd actually sort of come over to be sort of to play with these guys and then yeah. actually had to stand up as a leader pretty well straight away so yeah. so which I had no problem doing I yeah. sort of that's the way my sort of um, personality is I, I like to sort of lead the way and um, yeah. yeah so I arrived 98 we played finals 98 played in the grand final 99 lost to Port LA by a kick yeah. Um, and then, and then we sort of had a couple of lean, lean years. So, so, um, but yeah, and enjoyed my time at uh, at Nord. You know, played hundred odd games and um, couldn't quite get that premiership that I was no. after. So. <laughs> um, tell us about uh, your involvement. We alluded to it earlier with Paynham and your role there. So, uh, stepping away from Nord, obviously, it's got a great link from Nord to Paynham United. Is that? Pan Nord Union. Pan so. Nord Union. Yep. Apologies. Yep, okay. So obviously you've got a great link there. Um, tell us about your role from leaving Nord and then obviously your current role now. Yeah. So um, while I was at Nord, sort of struck up a great friendship with, with Gary McIntosh and um, you know legend of SNFL footy, and um, he'd gone out to paint him the coach, and then uh, my wife and and I moved into the area, so just two minutes from the Oval, and. Um, yeah, went down and sort of uh, caught up with Macker and, and got involved in the club straight away as a player first and then um, moved into coaching, so coaching the reserves and then um, a senior assistant and now now football director. So, so which has been good for me. Like, you know, it's, um, you know, I've spoken to Baz many a time of, you know, sort of country clubs and amateur clubs. It's, it's hard work to, mm. to find, um, you know, good people, volunteers and... Um, you know, to, to keep growing as a football club, but um, yeah, you know, Macca, he's done a great job at the footy club. You know, he's he's a club coach. He's sort of not just there as a senior coach. Uh, he coaches juniors there. He's there. Skills coach of the women's team. Skills skills yeah. coach of the women's team. He he just sort of he's there to do whatever he needs to do. And and mm. and same as me, like, and that's why I took the footy director's role on. Is that to have a bit more to do off field and and make sure the club's running in the right way. And but also. I get my footy fix of being around the boys. Of I've been assistant coach on the Saturday, so Brilliant. so um, fantastic. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, there's a, a very good link between you and Baz here tonight. Mm-hmm. Give your company a plug, and tell us how much of a better salesman that you are than Baz. Well, I'm actually not, I'm account manager at the moment, <laughs> private air conditioning. So uh, uh, Baz has definitely got me covered in the uh, <laughs> the sales stakes and. Uh, He's got the gift of the gab and the knowledge, and uh, you know he, he knows what he's doing, and he does a great job for the company. So, but, oh, there we uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Another pay rise coming up. That's it. I'll let Bob uh, Rob know. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, great company. Uh, ve- yep. Very family orientated. Um, you know, I think how long you've been there, Baz? Thirteen years. Thirteen years, and, and and that's the thing I've noticed is that um, you know, like 
Marie and Julie and people like that. I think Marie's been there 38 years. Julie's yeah. been there 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's a good indication of the environment. Yeah, good, once, like once you're there, I think you sort of um, you enjoy the work there and enjoy yeah. the atmosphere. And, no, that's it. Yeah, so no, I really enjoyed it. Very good. Brilliant. Well, that was a fantastic, as, as Funky would say, it's a fascinating interview. Fascinating interview. interview. And, uh, yeah, thank you, mate, for the insight on your career. It's, uh, you should be very proud of what you've done. No worries. Thanks, Baz. Thanks, Faze. Um, let's go into our normal um, s- schedule, Baz. So yes. let's kick into Funky's Would You Rather and Sponge would love for you to chime in here. Yes. I've got one, because I think you used yours earlier, didn't you? I did. So I've got two to start off. Would you rather, as your World Cup bowler for Australia, mm. Mitchell Stark or Glenn McGrath? Face, at the moment, I'm going to go Stark. <laughs> I just think he scares the bejesus out of all of them, <laughs> doesn't he? Like he's just Left that, armour? That in-swinging Yorker is just deadly. I know McGrath's sensational, but see what, Mitchell Stark at the moment is the peak of his powers. He's number one rated in the world. I just think batsman... They said, like England are back in town at the moment, but they said that their captain, e- Eon, how, how do you spell a name, Eon? E-O-I-N. Yeah, Eon, or yeah. whatever his name is. Morgan, oh, backed oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> he backed away. He backed away, yeah. yeah. Kevin Peterson Which got is, stuck into him. Yeah, it's a big call, that is, from a captain. So I reckon I'd take start. What about you, Sponge? Um, if it was last summer, I probably would have taken McGrath, but I think... Stark is really, yeah, he's sort of, um, he seems to be more predictable what he's doing. I'll I'll tell you why, because um, Stark is closing in on McGrath's World Cup wickets. So he's currently at 24 wickets in a World Cup. Glenn McGrath, 26 wickets over his career in a World Cup. So he's clearly going to surpass him in this World Cup, you you hope. Um, But Stark's won one World Cup. McGrath's been involved in three World Cups. I I think we forget the older guys and how good he was. Yeah. But in terms of that strike, impact, Mm -hmm. bowler, I think you take Stark. uh, McGrath McGrath for tests, Stark for your one-day World Cup. Just a side note is that um, Marsh went down with a broken arm today <laughs> and most of the supporters in the show go yeah he'll be there <laughs> there was a brutal training session wasn't there yeah. in the Nets yeah, yeah Maxwell went off hit. for a scan yeah. uh, they brought Hanscom back in so interesting um, thanks for your feedback there boys um, jump over to Formula 1 racing would you rather be Daniel Ricciardo and I think you might have answered this earlier Baz yeah. would you rather be Daniel Ricciardo driving as the number two man mm-hmm. between behind Sebastian Vettel at Red Bull Racing or the number one man at Renault? Oh, so you've gone from a great team Number two a, Yeah, to a bad team Number one I'd probably go number two in a great team but it's a, it's a fascinating Fascinating, fascinating Would yeah. you rather? Uh, I think I'd rather be in a better team I think we all strive to be in better teams We love being winning We love, love what that offers in a struggling team, as you would know, Sponge, where you've been in a few bad teams and a few good teams. What about yourself, mate? What? I'd, I'd go the number one in a bad team. <laughs> would? I, I think only through my experiences of, you know, at, at Sydney, mm. first okay. being, being there and, it's a good call, yeah. and losing, you know, two wooden spoons in my first two years. And uh, I, think, I think, you know, you've got a lot of, ups, lot of upside. Mm. As in, sort of, and, and he wants to lead that, so I. That's glass half full. That's, that's why the man's account manager at the moment. Right? That's, that's a great call. Well, it's interesting because it's, it's the quality of the company, as we're talking about from yep. a climate perspective or work perspective, and the car over being the number one man, and who, who cares how you're performing, but as long as you're the number one, 
Um, I reckon if you're, say, for uh, where he's at Red Bull, he wants to see the opportunity where he wants to become number one. That wasn't there with Vettel. So no. he'd left to try and be number one elsewhere. But Renault, shit house, they haven't won any points yeah. this year. Um, there is a report that potentially he could be moving to Ferrari at the end of this year. So he had a two-year deal with uh, Renault, but clearly going a bit And Ferrari, they're around the mark, aren't they? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Sebastian Vettel is currently driving there now. Okay. So yep. uh, that apparently he's he's out, they reckon. So very, very interesting. Uh, Baz, that's my Would You Rathers. Very good. Back onto your Baz's fate. This All one. right, boys. Right on. Uh, Baz is fake, boys. I'm not. I'm not happy. Not happy. I'm not happy, mate. Right. I tell you, I'm not happy. You know who I'm not happy with this week? Oh, who? Who aren't you happy with this? Melbourne week? Football Club, mate. Oh, so Melbourne call. Football Club. They, they've got Scotty. Uh, <laughs> they got fifty-one thousand members. Fifty-one thousand members. They are a big Melbourne club. I'm very engaged. They are the original Melbourne club. Yes. Okay. They have suffered through six decades. Did you hear what I said then? Six decades of Mediocrity. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, hang on, Smudge. Every week there's a word or two that Baz cannot say in the podcast. And we've had a couple already tonight. (laughs) That's great. Mediocrity, mate. Can't say secretary either. But anyway. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it seems as though no one cares either. They are under the radar. No one talks about them. No one talks about them. They, They have been disgraceful. And you know what? Listen to these names. Oliver, Hib- Hibbard, Gorn, Viney, Jones, Frisch, May, Frost, Petraka, McDonald. They're fantastic players. Okay, Goodwin never gets talked about in a negative nah. light. Nah. Why not? If they lose to Carlton this week and they lose badly, they could actually fall to bottom of the ladder. How can a team that was favourite for the flag this year fall to bottom of the ladder? And you know why? I'm glad you asked. It's they've got a soft underbelly. They are soft, and people uh, accept mediocrity. Okay, in 1987, Melbourne made the finals for the first time since 1964. <laughs> That's 23 years. 23 years. That that just can't happen. Can you imagine if Collingwood went through that same thing? There would be hell to pay. But it just seems that people accept it. Okay, their record in finals from 2007, sorry, in, in the league, from 2007 to 2016, 14th, 16th, 16th, 12th, 13th, 16th, 17th, 17th, 13th, 13th. Great research, man. That is just disgraceful. Like, I just can't understand how a team doesn't get talked about when this team is a massive Melbourne club. And you, um, Sponge, tell me more about this because I just don't understand it. And that's my bait, boys. Oh, strong. Strong and goody. That, that is a very good bait. And probably well-deserved. Um, well, why do they fly under the radar? You know this better than, than I do. Why is that? I, 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 I can't put a finger on it. Like, the football they played last year, and, like, and looking back over the years, like, they have, exactly what you said, they've, they've underachieved. Mm. Um, and I, I think because, you know, you look at Collingwood, they're sort of... Um, they demand success, that sort of stuff, whereas I think Melbourne supporters, um, the members and that sort of stuff, are so easygoing, affluent. They don't affluent. mind going to the snow earlier well, in that's, Well, that's right, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're used to it. They've been doing it for years. Yeah. So, But, you know, the way Goody had them playing last year and the way they're playing this year, I've I, I got no idea. I can't put a finger on mm. why. Is he in trouble, you think, Goodwood? No, well they signed I, I, him. They signed him at the start of, start of the year or at the end of last year to a, another multi-year deal. 
So he, he contractually is safe, but the performance has been shocking. Their skill level is terrible. Shocking. Like, it's just a massive fall from grace this I, year. I don't understand how a club like that, with all the players I've got, like, what's yeah. Vardy? Vardy's Look, just an average they're, they're probably They've probably had injuries. But you know what? It's also about standards that they set. So Stephen mm. May comes into the club as oh. a gun new recruit, yeah. cost them great picks, comes in unfit, overweight, yeah, I um, and, and poor performance drinking beers and stuff as well when he should be, you know, obviously he's injured. Other players wouldn't do that. No. So it's about the, the um, what is it about the club? The culture of the club culture. Yeah. Yeah. that brings these other players, these new players in to say, actually, you're going to perform to this standard. Yeah, yeah. I like the face. Great bait, Baz. Thank you, boys. Uh, let's cross over to Faces Fresh Finds. Uh, Sponge, this is one of the funniest segments. <laughs> Great segment. Segments. Great segment. It's, uh, I thought of it myself. Uh, but Baz, mm. Roy Laird, retiring oh. from Central District Football Club this week after 17 years Whoa. as coach, seven premierships, 03, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9 and 10. Well, I tell you what, I just think that he certainly has gone under the radar on how good this man has been. There's been so <laughs> many plaudits this year on his work ethic and his desire to be the best in his in his field sure. and to get his charges up through the preseason. Apparently, he took all the fitness stuff as well. Uh, no, incredible! I don't know. Uh, incredible uh, time. Yeah, so fantastic, and just one of the greatest guys as well. I, I was actually. He was talking to Funky because, as I told you, Sponge Funky was uh, fitness, so yeah. um, Roy knows him. And I was standing next to him, and I didn't say hello to Roy because I thought, who am I? I'm just a Barossa, you know, wannabe, you know. He wouldn't know from when no. you... Um, and he goes, he goes to me, I'm like, g'day, Matt, how you going? How's Barossa going? <laughs> like, and I just thought, he's got that much, you to know, think about. to think about, yeah. and people that he knows, and he brought me into the conversation. I just thought, it's just magnificent, you know. I, I think he makes people feel warm and he's just a good person to be around but he has achieved so much in the game and he has to go down as, as a Hall of Famer all time legend so what's your association with him Sponge do you know much about him well I, I played against him when he first when I first yeah. moved over here so when I was yeah. at Nord and, and Roy was um, on his last legs playing senior footy at, at Centrals and I got to meet him there and, and then um, no doubt he did his apprenticeship under I think no doubt Jonas yeah. And then Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah. So two two pretty good teachers of the game. Yeah. And uh, then got his opportunity, which I think was a great move from Centrals to um you know, I know Jonas was a sort of past central mm. sort of yeah. but you know, Clarkson they could have gone down the path of getting someone else from outside mm. Centrals and to go with Roy and it's it's paid dividends. Oh, you know, he's absolutely. done a great job and, yeah. and I think that's what you know, and going back to, to Macca being a club coach and I think that's what Roy is, is there's no no job big or small enough for, for him to, to do around the club and I think if people see that of the senior coach doing that then I think that sort of uh, creates a pretty good culture and, mm. and that's what they've he, created he out there. He lives and breathes that, that Elizabeth area yeah. doesn't yeah, he? Yeah he does. Yeah, it does. Think, yeah. yeah like and that's things that you know I think he works full time Yeah um, I, think, I think director at Harcourts is yeah, that, yeah, is that, so, yeah yeah so in the real estate game yeah. and so no doubt he still puts Plenty of time in the football, but you know he's um, yeah just a man about around that Elizabeth area. That's sort of fantastic. Uh, and with him, you know, um, I actually didn't realise that, so that he'd um, he'd step down. So good luck to the uh, incumbent. <laughs> well, that's it. But you know, how many years? What's he been there? Seventeen years. Yeah. I, I think yeah. You know, like you know, and Macker at our club, we, we we're looking for the next best one to come through. We 
we know that you know 15 years and you know we've already been 17 years it's a long time of a football club and and you, your voice does start become stale and you you sort of you, not not so much culture but um, what you do around the club sometimes you need a freshness of someone coming through it someone coming through and yeah um, well if yeah. you're thinking of a two I see I have heard of a bloke that does pretty well with the goody Saints under tens now under twelves he gives us updates each well, week. Potentially. Well, face, what do you I, think, face, I hear it every Monday. <laughs> Walking to work, oh. I, don't, I don't get a chance to get upstairs and start working. I sort of, uh, I get the rundown. Tell from, us how, uh, how well you went from Baz. Well, Central's a two nine this year. They've made nine GFs in Roy's time, missing the finals on only two occasions. So, mm-hmm. an unbelievable record. I want to touch on uh, basketball. NBL season now. Normally, faces fresh finds. We've gone on about the sixes and and uh, where they're going with all their recruits. They've been unbelievable this year with their promotion for the NBL. So they've got a US pathway for college kids in America. Yep. Gives big dollars to kids that wouldn't normally get paid in the college system. They've um, got an approach for a Tasmanian team to join the team, to join the league um, very, very soon, getting in front of AFL. They've got Bogut, obviously, in, into the system. Goes back to Golden State Warriors. 36ers offering platinum members access to press conferences for Joey Wright to ask questions after games. Yeah. It's 800 bucks north of of the season ticket. So they're not cheap. And I think we found before going to basketball, it's very, very expensive. But um, very, very positive news coming out of NBL. So have a enjoy that. Um, I want to talk on to the duck. So you've obviously... Did you play against Wayne Carey in yes. the opportunities? Yes, did. There was Mark Rusciuto. He was on Triple M during the week and he said... We can all get pretty serious about playing footy, but he was on Triple M during the week. He said he's never had more fun playing footy than when Wayne Carey joined the Crows, and we can probably understand mm. why. He <laughs> said, we're all excited about him coming. We needed a key forward, and we thought he might have been the missing link. We had a ripping fun two years. I've never had so many beers in my life than those two years. And he said, and I came first and second in the Brownlow and won both best and fairest. So where's the uh, peak... Um, a peak performance. So to say about that about get, you know enjoying your footy and then having a beer after the game, isn't it? Which you, it's it's hard to do these days. Uh, I think we we had the best mix back back when the when yeah. you know when uh, Rue and that's talking about the nineties and the and the two thousands was when you could still sort of enjoy you know a win or a loss or, or no not not so much enjoy the loss but you could still. Um, Go out and have some fun. Have some beer and that sort of stuff. If you had a bad game, you can just have a beer. You talk about mental health. A great way to to get rid of mental health or to help mental health is to have a chat to your mates. Absolutely. And what better chat do you have with your mates than over a beer? Yeah. So, yeah, you don't get to do it nowadays. You've got to go home and, you know, sit on the couch and have a power aid. Yeah, so... I think there's something in that. Maybe, oh. I, maybe I might, uh, that might be revolutionary that I'll say, boys, <laughs> have a beer. Get, get up <laughs> upstairs and have a beer with your mates. Yeah. Um, upcoming footy this weekend, boys. We've come to the end of the podcast. Sponge has been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Funky's in trouble for when he comes back in a month. I think he's out. The showdown. What's our prediction? Where Where's it heading for both Adelaide and Port? I think the Crows will win easily. Easily? Easily. 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 Sponge, give us a non-bias for you. Um, you still a Hawthorne man? Nice, no, nice. No, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Still, still Sydney. Um, but the the way they played this year, I'm going to pick Port. I think they'll get up. Okay. For this one. They've been win loss, win loss, win yeah, loss. So, and yeah. they'll, and they'll get up for this one. Backs against the wall. Uh, the Perth Derby, Frio West Coast. Big implications for Frio. Obviously dropping to Carlton last yeah, West, week. West Coast easily. West Coast easily. Yeah. Agree. West Coast. Tom Lynch and the Suns in the Gold Coast. 
up against his former club oh, up yeah. there. Very good. Um, Essendon and Sydney are playing. Let's hope Dane Rampey doesn't jump in the goal first again. What was he thinking <laughs> last time? It only seems like a month ago he did that. So, um, Carlton Melbourne. We always watch Carlton games, don't we, Baz? No, but my bait would have fired Melbourne up. Melbourne will <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Boys, thank you very much right, uh, tonight, Baz. Thanks for having us over at your house. Very good. And Thanks, Baz. Sponge. Thanks, Baz. Loved having you. Loved it. Thank you. Good work.